Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, June 18th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Qatar's sovereign wealth fund is ramping up its investment plans in North America and Asia. European private equity groups are rushing to raise new mega funds before market conditions get tougher. And Pfizer boosts its cancer treatment portfolio. But first, the FT's Washington bureau chief, Dmitry Sevastopoulos, has the latest in the escalating tensions between the United States and Iran. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Over the past few weeks and even over the past few months, you've had a dramatic escalation in tensions between the U.S. and Iran. The context of this is that a year ago, Donald Trump pulled the U.S. out of the 2015 landmark nuclear deal that the Obama administration did with Iran. In the last few months, there's been a series of attacks on tankers in the Persian Gulf and the Gulf of Oman. The Trump administration has blamed Iran for these and warned them that there will be severe consequences if Iran does anything to threaten or to attack U.S. forces in the region. Now, Iran has rejected those allegations and said it's not responsible, but there are very few people in the U.S. who take those rejections seriously. So what we have now is a dramatic increase in tensions and concerns around the world that the U.S. and Iran could potentially be heading for a military conflict. And Dimitri, what happened on Monday? So on Monday, Iran announced that it would very soon breach a limit on the amount of enriched uranium that it was allowed to stockpile under the 2015 nuclear deal. Now, that's important for a few reasons. While the U.S. has withdrawn unilaterally from the deal, the European powers and China, who were the other signatories, have stayed in the deal and they've tried to see if they can get Iran to stay in. So far, Iran had done that. I think everyone except for the U.S. thought it was better to keep the deal intact and to try, you know, potentially wait and see if there was another U.S. president after 2020 in the hopes that they could resurrect the deal with American support. But things have not really gone that way. The U.S. has piled the pressure on Iran, economic sanctions, diplomatic pressure also. And as a result, Iran has now raised the stakes. So what they're essentially saying is we will no longer abide by the nuclear deal. And what that does is it puts huge pressure on the Europeans and China to see if they can come up with ways to entice Iran not to do so. Because once Iran has done this, it essentially means that the 2015 nuclear deal has totally collapsed. And once that happens, it's very, very difficult to put the genie back in the bottle and uh, to come up with a new agreement. So I think the stakes are really, really high right now. Earlier, you mentioned a military conflict between the two countries. How likely is that conflict to happen? Well, I think what uh, many people worry about is is not for the time being that the Americans will launch a strike on Iran or that Iran will attack American forces. It's more that as tensions rise and as you know ships come closer to each other in the Persian Gulf, that you could have some kind of an accidental encounter, uh, particularly if the Iranians tried to provoke the Americans that would then require a response from the American side, potentially a small, limited military response that then could escalate out of control. So there are many, many people who are worried that unless either the US or the Iran finds a way to kind of de-escalate some of these rising tensions, that the potential for an inadvertent conflict is rising and that, you know, that would have massive repercussions for the world. Qatar's sovereign wealth fund has signaled that it wants to reclaim its reputation 
as one of the most acquisitive investors in the oil-rich Gulf. The Qatar Investment Authority is putting companies on notice as it hunts for new deals and ramps up investment plans in North America and Asia. Plus, it's creating a unit to look for more opportunities in emerging markets in Latin America and Africa. If this kind of active style sounds familiar, it's because the QIA has done it before. In the 2000s, the fund earned a reputation as being an aggressive investor. The fund made a failed attempt to take over the UK supermarket chain Sainsbury's in 2007, and it went on to purchase minority stakes in Barclays, Credit Suisse, Porsche, and Volkswagen during the financial crisis. But the fund curbed its spending about five years ago as part of a shift in strategy. The shift coincided with a fall in oil prices and Tamim bin Hamad Al Thani succeeding his father as emir. Since 2017, Qatar has been deadlocked in a diplomatic crisis with neighboring states, including Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. But Qatar, which is the world's richest state per capita, says it has overcome any financial impact of the crisis. Now, the investment fund is focused on the healthcare, industrial, and tech sectors. Last month, it led a $500 million equity financing for U.S. digital lender SoFi. And this focus on tech could put the QIA in competition with sovereign funds from Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, as well as SoftBank's Vision Fund. The biggest European private equity groups are rushing to raise new mega funds before the markets get tougher. The move is meant to tap into record demand from investors, and groups are doing it in what could be historic fashion. Luxembourg-based CVC Capital Partners is trying to raise Europe's largest fund at potentially more than 18 billion euros. Meanwhile, Stockholm-based EQT is considering a listing later this year and is set to raise a record flagship fund at around 14 billion euros in 2020. Both of these groups are planning to market these investments about a year earlier than expected. It's an attempt to secure funds before a possible economic downturn, when raising capital will be much harder. London-based BC Partners is expected to raise a new fund within the next year. All three groups declined to comment. The demand for private equity funds is fueled by investor expectations that the asset class will deliver strong returns in a relatively low interest rate environment. Private equity returns have dropped since the highs of the years leading up to the financial crisis. But now, institutional investors such as pension funds and university endowments are lining up, even though past returns have been disappointing. And U.S. drugmaker Pfizer is boosting its cancer treatment portfolio. On Monday, the company announced that it had agreed to pay $11.4 billion for Array Biopharma. The FT's Hannah Kushler has more. So Pfizer had a new chief executive at the start of the year, Albert Boulard, and he came in. He'd already been at the company for many, many years, but everyone was wondering whether he was going to bring a change of direction and whether they were going to end up doing some deals. Well, Monday, we found out that they are going to do some deals and there's not really a change of direction here. They're trying to bolster their oncology portfolio. So that's the drugs that they have to treat cancer. They've been looking immediately previously at sort of things that are coming to fruition right now. They don't need that anymore. They have some good revenue coming in. And so now they're looking a little bit further out and they spent $11.4 billion on another cancer company. 
So I think that there have been some really big deals in the last few months with big pharma companies buying biotech companies and even, you know, rather big biotech companies that they're buying. And what this is about is about trying to get innovation without sort of developing it quite so much in-house. It's become very common for the most innovative work to be happening in these smaller biotech startups. And then when they start to have good results, as you saw with some really good clinical trial data out of this company that Pfizer bought, they will then be snapped up by Big Pharma. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following the UK Conservative Party leadership race. MPs will join in the second round of voting. And we'll be following Facebook, which is expected to reveal plans for a new global digital currency. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.